Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Thorn and Cross Haunted Nights Live. First things first, we'd like to thank W.J. Pierce for creating and performing our music. Uh, uh, Welcome aboard, everybody. Uh, This is Alistair Cross, and I'm here with my co-host and collaborator, Tamara Thorne. Tamara, how are you? I'm fine, just like you. We're so good today, weren't we? We actually worked all day long. That never happens. We only (laughs) cut up like twice. That's right, that's right. <laughs> All right, uh, again, this is Thorne and Cross, Haunted Nights Live. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Before we introduce tonight's guest, I'm going to turn it over to Tamara, who's going to tell you what we're working on now. Mm-hmm. We're making a man with blonde hair and a tan, and he's good for relieving my <laughs> tension. Um, no, that's not it. That's just in my dreams. Um, I've been watching too much Rocky Horror again. Now, we're working on our novel, Exorcism. In a remote part of California, Ravencrest Manor, imported stone by stone from England more than two centuries ago, looms tall and terrifying, gathering its dark and unnatural powers and drawing those at once as its own. In Exorcism, book three of the Ravencrest saga, something evil stirring in the deep dark waters of the estate's indoor pool as ghostly jazz age parties fill the air with phantom music. Within the mansion, a maid is visited nightly by a demon lover, and Belinda Moreland, the governess, is haunted by a tormented spirit of Violet LeBlanc, a silent movie star who was driven mad in her prime and wants Belinda to help her in her search for justice. The Ravencrest Saga series is the first is first released in serialized installments. Episodes one through three are available now on Amazon, and the fourth installment will appear soon. Alistair. All right, and if you need to brush up on the Spectre scandals and sinister goings on at Ravencrest, you can get the first two complete novels, The Ghosts of Ravencrest and The Witches of Ravencrest, in paperback or ebook at Amazon and wherever books are sold. All right, again, uh, this is Thorn and Cross, Haunted Nights Live. You can learn more about what we do at our websites, alistaircross.com and tamrathorn.com, or you can visit our mutual blog at thornandcross.wordpress.com. If you tweet, you can find us at at CrossAlister and at Tamrathorn. You can also visit our Haunted Nights Live page on Facebook. For more information on the show, you can visit Authors on the Air on Facebook, Twitter, and at authorsontheair.com. This is a broadcast of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, LLC. All right, that being said, tonight's guest, Michael Schutz, was born and raised in the frozen tundra of Wisconsin, where the macabre tales of Ray Bradbury and Stephen King kept him warm at night. He's seen way too many horror movies to be healthy, and blogs and podcasts about them on Darkness Dwells. <laughs> he is the author of the novels Edging and Blood Vengeance and the novella Uninoc. Uh, His short fiction has been featured most recently in Ravenwood Quarterly, Crossroads in the Dark, Part 2 and 3, Dark Moon Digest, and Sanitarium. He lives with his three naughty cat children in Northern California. 
And also, again, he is co-host with Jason White of the Darkness Dwells podcast, which is a, it's also a blog, a smorgasbord of dark, delicious things, which they invite you to come on over for and uh, give a read or listen to. They're a plethora of guests. They, they discuss books, movies, and all things horror. Uh, as a matter of fact, you can find an interview with Tamara over there, so visit Darkness Dwells. And that said, without further ado, welcome to the show, Michael. How are you? I'm terrific. Thank you guys for having me. You are more than welcome. Oh, we're so happy. Yes, yes you're fabulous. Oh, oh I enjoy that's great of you to you. So are yeah. you ready for Christmas? What are you, what are you hoping for for Christmas? You know what? I buy my own Christmas gifts, and, and, I, and I wrap mm-hmm. them up early because I have a terrible memory. <laughs> so if I get them early, wrap them, I for, I will forget what's in there. Then I just write, you know, from Santa, tuck them away, bring them out, and I'm surprised on Christmas uh-huh. morning. So, so I'm nice. I, I think I have a new wardrobe. <laughs> nice. That's I love it. That's I love it. Great. <laughs> I just, wow. I, I can't. I just cannot trust other people. You know. Um, gosh, my loved ones. They they look at me when I give them a list, and I'm so specific. <laughs> They're just like, what are you? <laughs> I know what I want. I'm a nice. little bit controlling. I guess. Nice. All right. So you you uh, write, and you, you're a big horror lover like we are. You uh, you you write about it. You blog about it. You podcast about it. You're so let's talk about horror for a minute. How did you uh, first get introduced to horror, and what made you decide this is what you wanted to do? Well, my mother. Um, it comes from my mother's side. Um, apparently, my grandmother and my mom used to watch the old uh, Twilight Zone episodes. Mm. So when I was little, um, that was when Tales from the Dark Side was on. I was never a big um, oh. uh, Tales from the Crypt guy. I didn't like the, the Crypt Keeper. That was too silly, you know, but Tales mm-hmm. from the Dark Side. So my mom and I would watch Tales from the Dark Side. We mm-hmm. would rent horror movies together. Um, so really early on, I liked that. And my da- I get my, my love of reading very much from my dad. And he took me to this huge bookstore in a little town of Portage, Wisconsin. And the first things that I, I gravitated towards were Ray Bradbury. And it was the early mm. stuff, not the sci-fi rocket stuff, yeah. but like the October country. And that... Oh, yeah. um, yeah, I just I just devoured that, and um, then I stumbled upon Stephen King right before seventh grade, and I was mm-hmm. off and running after that. I mean, it's uh, I mean, what is my life? It's really my my greatest passion. Oh yeah, you started just like I did, and, and Tales from the Dark Side. Um, is that do you remember one called Grandpa's Nose? I think I loved it oh. because it was so funny. With the pepper, it was. Huh. Grandpa wanted to die, and he he'd sneeze, and his nose would come off, and the little boy was like, "Ooh!" And it was all <laughs> disgusting and gross. I just loved that episode. But I think oh, the Dark Side has a couple seasons on Netflix now. Pretty sure. Yeah. Unless it's Amazon yeah, Prime. Uh, yeah. yeah. I remember the that one was, with I like uh, yeah. I, the snip snip one with the scissors. I forget who that was. Oh, it wasn't yeah. Madeline Kahn. It was. Um, I don't know. Um, it, was, it was kind of one of those. Remember. 
Yeah, it's it's the one that plays one of the the ghosts in Scrooge. I love her, but uh, yeah, I remember that one. I love I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Just watch that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And and besides that, you Ray Bradbury, October Country is my favorite. I I discovered him when I was eight, but. Like the man upstairs, where the little boy watches grandma digging all the guts out of the turkey or chicken, and then he goes upstairs and cuts into the weird man and pulls out all those strange things. You remember yeah. that one? God, I love that. The small assassin and yeah. and the baby. Look, uh, and the doctor says, "Oh, look, look, baby, a scalpel," and it's like, "Oh yeah." I don't know. <laughs> I love the October game. Like, uh, that's just, that's, oh, wow. And the ending, yeah. you know, just, bam. <laughs> then some uh-huh. idiot turned on the oh. light. Oh, right. gosh. Oh, so, do you remember so good. the first uh, horror story that you wrote? Hmm. I remember the first thing that I wrote on my, my parents bought me this typewriter which was basically a toy. And I used that for a year, typing out my stories. Just just used it until it broke down. And uh-huh. the following Christmas, I was like in second grade, second, third grade, I had a brand new electric typewriter. I know that uh. I wrote my version of A Christmas Carol. And then I wrote a sci-fi story called XT, which was really a blatant Terminator ripoff. Um <laughs> The first horror short stories I wrote were kind of macabre, weird, not like outright horror, but but just kind of like weird fiction, not in the sense of cosmic Uh horror, but I remember doing that a lot in high school. That's when, that's when the, um, I don't, you know, when I was really young, I guess I thought that I was going to be the next Philip Roth, you know, I was was going to be John Steinbeck, Mm -hmm. right, the great American novel, and it wasn't until, uh, an English teacher of mine, Mary Newton, she really focused on imagery. Her entire class was metaphor. And we were uh-huh. at Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. And suddenly I realized, oh, yeah. and it's weird that I didn't realize this before, but my passion for horror, why don't I write that? So <laughs> then in high school, all my short stories were, were horror, uh, horror stories. Uh-huh. Wow. And, and what kind of horror? Ghosts or monsters or eerie or I like in your the face. supernatural. I like the supernatural. I'm not not too into monsters, even though mm-hmm. even though my my novel Edging actually does have a monster. Um, you know, uh-huh. I love Peter Straw, and Peter Straw yeah. who comes from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, he has this theory, and he writes about it. And I know, especially if you could see me now, that like reality my favorite is one. just mm-hmm. really oh that's awesome I don't yeah, think my many very people favorite. even know of that one no oh. and this is the best it's, one yeah yes Bad and Julia but yes if you can see me now yeah oh, oh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He, so you so you know he has that idea that reality is just this fabric that that lays over mm-hmm. covers up everything in like the underworld and that in the Midwest, that fabric gets stretched tight and it's thin yeah. and things kind of pump through. So 
in my writing, I kind of go with that. You know, you you'll see that and just know yeah. everything. That that's kind of, that's that's my philosophy. I I adopted that because being from the Midwest, um, I I just you know we produce yeah. like like the weirdest, most violent serial killers. So there's got to be something to it, you know, <laughs> the weirdness in the Midwest. Yeah. So so yeah, I I like. I, I like that. That reality is is something is coming through reality, whether it be supernatural, yeah. whether it, it just be um, insanity and depraved inclination, or the occasional monster. Now you mentioned your oh, cool. book, Edging. Uh, this is. Uh, could could you tell us a little bit about Edging? Uh, what it's about? What what inspired it? Uh, you know, the good stuff. Oh, sure. Edging is about a fear drug. It's a new designer drug. And when you take it, it gives you a very short waking nightmare. Um, it's like being inside your own horror movie. It, it gives you a rush like like a roller coaster or very specifically like when you go through one of those haunted houses, you know, on the strip or whatever. Mm. Uh, uh-huh. And so it gives you that huge adrenaline rush which makes it very addictive because it's a very short high, but it's so intense. And, and the high is called edging. So that's the name of, that's nice. the, name of the book. And, and it becomes an epidemic in this little town. And all of the fears that people are, are giving off, like waves during their nightmares, it summons this beast called the thirst, this ethereal sort of, nomadic, bodiless thing that it, it, it thrives on, on this fear that it finds above the town and, and it finds itself a body and, and it haunts the people that are, that are already uh, strung out on this drug. Nice. Excellent. And, and, and where did you, it's a kind of a generic question, but sometimes I, I do like to know what, what made you think of that? What gave you this idea? I had the idea for a fear drug in college, my, my sophomore year. I do not remember what specifically started that. I, I was just, I did, I do remember just thinking that if a drug were to give you an unpleasant high, like a horror, you know, if you took a drug that gave you just an incredible insane nightmare wouldn't right. that give you just this huge adrenaline rush that that would be mm-hmm. over so quickly I mean wouldn't that be really addictive and I told my boyfriend my first boyfriend and he laughed at the idea and he told his friends and they all laughed at the idea so <laughs> I shelved it for the longest time until a few years ago I was reading Stephen King's Wizard and Glass um, part of uh-huh. his Dark Tower series and that's the one about like the crystal balls i forget what he calls them but everybody Uh who's in possession of one of those crystal balls they get addicted to it um and it's so uniquely written i mean it's very much addiction but without any of the usually like a drug or alcohol and i i'm in recovery myself i'm clean and sober so i have a lot of uh, thoughts experiences um about addiction, and I thought, well, I should write about that, and then it clicked that my fear drug should be 
what that addiction is about. I could finally right. use that because it always it never it never tarnished. I always loved that idea. So yeah, I finally no. found the yeah. way to implement it. Yeah, it's a great idea, actually. I, I feel bad it that anybody laughed at it. I think that's a fantastic idea. It's one of those ideas that you yeah. think, wow, I wish I would have thought of that. Oh, and, and congratulations on your recovery, too, by the way. That's awesome. Good job. Yeah. Oh, thank you. It is. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, on top of uh, edging, uh, you, you, you you have another full-length novel, Blood Blood Vengeance. What's, what's that one about? Yeah. Um, Blood Vengeance is about a young man who... It's it's kind of um, unashamedly autobiographical about my move from Wisconsin to <laughs> to San Francisco. He goes in and uh, he he moves in with his uncle for a while, and the little apartment building that they're in is haunted by the stain of the serial killer known as the San Francisco Ripper, um, mm. a child murderer. Real, real bad guy, and the ghosts of his his young victims still haunt this apartment. So it's kind of a little bit of a a kind of a sleuth um, aspect to it, as he and his new friends gather evidence, find out about who is this guy, and how can we get rid of all these these ghosts that are, you know, they're like, and 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 my main guy Brennan, the the young guy. He's particularly susceptible to them for reasons that that come out. Um, so so he needs he needs to get rid of them for his own sanity and because you know these are innocent victims that uh, are beginning to their souls are rotting, having been trapped for so long after their horrific uh, uh, death. Nice, wow. nice. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, you uh, also, um, uh, Darkness Dwells, uh, tell us a little bit about that. That sounds like a lot of fun. I know, uh, Tamara, you've been on it, and uh, you raved about it, said it was a lot of fun. So tell our listeners about uh, Darkness Dwells and where they can uh, check that out. Yeah. When I when Blood Vengeance was published back in 2015, um, I was looking for ways to promote it, and I got hooked up with the Darkness Dwells um, podcast. And I met Jason White. He wanted to have me on. And so I went on and I talked about about my book. He says that I did just fine, but I was so nervous. Um, we were mm-hmm. all talking before the show about authors that just kind of give one-word answers. I, I really think that I was one of those. I was just like, yeah. Yep. No. But anyway, um, and and I hate, I have such anxiety for everything. I'm like, I have anxiety and neuroses on a Woody Allen level. Um, And I hate listening to my own voice. So I didn't listen to my own, to that show for months. I never listened either. Oh, really? Yeah, I I mean, it's not me. (laughs) Who is that voice? My God. Um, And Jason said this thing about being... I'm a, in a small town where there just aren't a lot of horror lovers. And I feel mm-hmm. the same way. And so I watched yeah. that movie, Tusk, Kevin Smith's kind of foray into horror. And mm-hmm. right, it was either before or after that that, you know, I, I listened to my show. So I thought, well, I'm going to message Jason and find out if he watched this really cool movie. 
And so we struck up a friendship, and he invited me to be his co-host because he really wanted to do the show with somebody else, and our tastes uh-huh. are almost exact, and we get along so well. So he brought me on board, and now I've been co-host and um, the managing editor as far as the blog part of the show for a couple years now. Nice. Great. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's a, it's a fun show. And you have the, the blog, Thank too. You. We gave you a, a post for it recently. You know, it's a lot of fun. Okay. We like your blog. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good, good. I like to, uh, yeah. yeah. I I love to get my ideas across, you know, any any way mm-hmm. I can. I, my uh, my nickname as a kid was Jabberjaws, so now I just do it in writing. Uh, so what are you working on now? What am I working on now? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working on a novel called Plank Children, and I started it an Seemingly long time ago. It is taking me <laughs> very long to write it, um, but it's almost done. I, I can see the end now. I'm very excited about it. Um, I don't know when it's going to come out. Uh, my publisher yeah. would like to see it out next year, and I would love to oblige him. So uh-huh. hopefully, hopefully, 2019 okay. or or. Okay. Early 2020. Nice. That sounds good. Yeah, you know, sometimes they they come out really, really fast and easy, and sometimes they don't. Uh, what what would you say uh, is one of the obstacles that uh, what what do you think is the greatest obstacle to writing? What what slows you up the most? It's so weird. I have. It's not. I don't think this is what people refer to when they say writer's block. I have the ideas. I always have the ideas. But I sit in front of my computer and I just freeze up. I don't know why. I need, ah. I, I need to see a hypnotist or a therapist about this. Because I have the idea. I know what I need to write. But I, I psych myself out. Um, and just and it's the first draft that gets me. I right. like editing. Yeah. Once I have mm-hmm. the words on the page, I love to manipulate them, cut and paste and rewrite, all of that. Um, so really it's ridiculous that I have trouble with first drafts because if, if that's the case, I can put any crap on the page and then edit it yeah. the way I want to. That's right. what we do. But just <laughs> yeah. getting the original words is hard. Yeah. yeah. We did yeah. that today. It was We needed to write a scene and we weren't real sure – what to put in it, so we just started writing down, you know, we do it together in the, in the cloud, so we're yeah. staring at each other and we're on Skype. Uh, well, let's see. We need to have her do this, so maybe she's in her room, maybe she's doing this, maybe she's doing that, and then suddenly she has, and all of a sudden it turns into a scene, and and then we don't have any more trouble. Yeah. Do you have any tricks yeah. like that? Yeah. Um, that works. I, it's usually exactly that. Um, after sitting, yeah. you know, uh, psyching myself out for a couple hours, I, I do the exact same thing. I say, well, I need to put something on the page. You know, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to stay in there. But something right. needs to happen, so I, I need to set it up. What happens right before that? And I just start writing. And it's weird because yeah. the days where I have the most trouble starting end up being uh-huh. my most productive days. And, and it's dark outside. Hours and hours have gone by without my knowing it. 
and and I've just oh. you know written two thousand words. And it's like, well, gosh, this morning, I I couldn't even yeah. I couldn't even face the keyboard. But so it's it's exactly that. Yeah, yeah, writing it. It's like what um, I think it's misery where Stephen King through Paul Sheldon talks about the hole in the in the page where you fall yeah. in the hole. Yeah. 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 Like do you have a do you have a do you keep a uh, a regular schedule? Uh, you know, like we we start at the same time basically every day and end at basically the same time every day. Do you you know five six days a week? Do you do that? How what is your schedule like? Exactly. Um, well, reading is part of my writing. The two go hand in hand. So when I'm at my my optimal, I'm reading whatever it is that that I'm reading um, at night for between two and four hours before bed. Then I get up, I make my coffee, and I sit down and I write. Um, and I kind of, I, I realized that I think I was setting myself up a little bit, trying to write that soon in the morning. So now I kind of take a couple hours to drink my coffee, get get awake a little bit, and then I yeah. start writing. But, but basically that's what I do. It's right away in the morning. And I write until I'm done. I write until at least 3 o'clock. Um, I have to nice. at least get that time in. I like to have a 1,000 page, a thousand words. Gosh, a 1,000 pages. A 1,000 <laughs> words done a day. Um, Sounds good. And, uh, but, yeah, so if I get my 1,000 words in. But, like, lately, um, the new book that's giving me so much trouble has been coming along very well. And I look up, and it's 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock. Um, and I don't want to tear myself away. So, nice. so that's, that's, that's good. That feels great. So great. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that you that, that reading for you is part of writing because I I totally subscribe to that. I totally yeah. Uh, I, I don't see when when somebody says that they write but they don't read or they don't have time to read. I don't even understand that. That doesn't make sense to me. It is no. totally part of it. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I just so, recently heard somebody say that they can't read while they are actually working on something, which which is really interesting. I mean, I could understand that for some people, but it's just the opposite. And when I when I need a key section, I'll, I'll try to find something that kind of syncs with that. Like, um, I'm almost done with the third draft, so I'm going to start just a very loose, quick edit after that, and I'm planning on reading Stephen King's The Tommyknockers, which is one of my favorite Kings. It gets nice. so much shit, uh-huh. but I love it. Um, because <laughs> it, it's got kind of this vibe, this free sort of feel to it that I want to kind of accomplish with this book. So I'm going to start reading that uh-huh. when I go through my edit, you know. So I kind of match those things up, if I can. Nice, nice. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, your process makes a lot of sense to me. This is really similar to my own, and I mm-hmm. like I like sharing that. Yeah. That's, that's oh, both of us really. Totally, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I can totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to settle into some boost when when I'm trying to write a, a short horror story about you know vivisection. That's that's not going to work. So. No. <laughs> right. Right. Ew. <laughs> no. All right, so we are just about out of time, but um, before before we let you go, uh, could you tell our listeners uh, where they can go online or wherever to find out more about you and what you do and your your books, your podcast, all of it? Certainly, yeah. um, my webpage 
is michaelschutzfiction.com. Um, you can find the podcast and blog at wheredarknessdwells.com. And um, my Twitter and Instagram, I've been all about Instagram lately. They're both at schutzfiction. And um, you can okay. find me on Facebook the same way, either Michael Shutt or Shutt's Fiction. But I don't do much Facebooking. So find Shutt's Fiction on Instagram and or Twitter and go to michaelshuttsfiction.com. All right. Sounds great. Excellent. Uh, thank you for being on. Uh, you, you're a lot of fun. Um, we're, we're happy to have you. And you know what? You're welcome back anytime. So yeah. when you get that next oh, book yeah. out, you let us know and we'll book you for another appearance. Well, yeah, that, that's that's great. Well. I would love to come on, and you have you both also have an invitation to Darkness Dwells. So, oh, all right, we would love we'll to come you talk to you guys. We, yeah, we both have books coming out, so we'll take you up on that. <laughs> yeah, terrific. Yeah, you terrific. can do it together. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> that sounds great. My dream come true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> talking to author Michael Schutz and uh, until next week we wish you haunted nights and sweet screams thank you for listening Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross.